Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. My name is Riley. I'm so glad you're here. Right now you're listening to episode three of a four-part series called Shelter in Grace. And today's episode is all about prayer. Have you ever had a hard time praying, knowing what to pray, getting into the rhythm of prayer? If you have, you're definitely not alone. And today's episode is all about how you can create a lifestyle of prayer. So let's jump right in. This is my good friend, Andy Ramsey, giving us a word all about prayer. So it's been a crazy couple of weeks. So much has happened, so much has changed. When you look at our country, you look at the state of the world, and you try to make sense of it all, and you think about your future, the only thing you can do is pray. The only logical thing to do is to call out to our sovereign God for help and understanding. When you know that the only thing you can do is pray, that's when real prayer starts. And I'll take it further. You're not really praying until you need to pray. So if you're pressed for time, just turn this off and go pray. Because I really don't have anything better to say than that. If you don't need to pray, you're not really praying. And I'm the worst at prayer. I had to learn this lesson by experience. My prayer life was shallow and inconsistent at best for years. I didn't start praying until God put me in a place where I had to pray. When the plans I had made failed and the control I thought I had over my life fell through my fingers, I started to pray because I didn't know the way forward. Do you feel like your plans have failed? Can you even make plans anymore? Do you feel like you have no control over your life right now? Does that cause you anxiety? Good. You're ready to pray. It's time to take your anxiety to the Lord. Let's look at Philippians 4, verses 5 through 7. Paul writes, The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's so much gold in these verses, so let's just go through it. First, Paul says, the Lord is at hand. God is close. You can reach out to him. He is available to you. Feel this truth and make that the springboard for your prayer. Remind yourself that God is sovereign. He is in control, but he is also near to you, and he will hear you. Then Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, which means we must bring everything to the Lord. There is nothing the Lord cannot handle, nothing outside his control or influence We can't hide anything from him, and we can't harbor little pet anxieties. We can't give some things to God and then keep others for ourselves. We have to open up our backpack and dump it all on the floor. Paul commands us not to be anxious about anything, and as an alternative says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we must be thorough. We must take this approach to everything. Don't let little things slip through the cracks. And we must use prayer and supplication. I'll admit that here I had to use the internet to look up the Greek and try to figure out the difference between prayer and supplication. And here's the best I can do. The word for prayer 
seems to be the common definition of prayer and is a broad term for all kinds of prayer. The word for supplication is specific to petitions or entreaties, or basically asking God for specific things or outcomes. Paul seems to be saying, pray in big ways, pray like you always pray, but also pray for specific things. There's nothing too big and there's nothing too small. Be specific and pray for all of it. And do this with thanksgiving. If you believe God hears your prayers, that alone should make you thankful. This is how you must let your requests be made known to God. It sounds so simple and childish in a good way. Just let your requests be made known to God. Ask for what you want. Children are great at this. They let you know when they are hungry or thirsty or want to watch Peppa Pig. But as grown-ups, we carry around tangles of unnamed and unprocessed desires and needs. We must unpack all this before the Lord. We need to do the work of figuring out what we actually want and what we are actually worried about. When we pull apart the tangle, we can pray like a child. And this should be our first reaction to anxiety. We need to stop worrying and instead slow down and name what we are worried about. Just doing that works wonders on anxiety. Simply ask yourself, have I let my request be made known to God? What is bothering you? What do you want? What do you desire? What are you afraid of? Bring it all to God. I find that writing these things down helps or speaking them out loud. Commit your requests to words and give them to God. What happens next? First off, you probably will feel a lot better. You'll probably realize you were worried about a lot of silly things, or maybe you were worried about one or two big things that you can't do anything about. You feel untangled. You feel a weight come off your shoulders. You feel free. Paul describes this in verse seven. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This peace, which comes from God, surpasses all understanding. I love that. We are wired to go after understanding. We want facts, we want a plan, we want to be in control. Our culture values understanding. We try to reason our way through our problems. There is an answer for everything, we just need to be clever enough to find it. But God's peace surpasses all understanding. So instead of seeking understanding, we need to seek God and his peace. You see, our understanding is actually overrated. Let's look at Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. If there was ever a man who could trust his understanding, it should have been Solomon. He was the wisest man who ever lived. He was wise enough to ask God for wisdom, and yet he says, Do not lean on your own understanding. Instead, you must trust the Lord with all your heart, and in all your ways acknowledge him. Here we see the same need to be all in. Paul says you need to pray about everything. Solomon says you must trust God with all your heart and acknowledge him in all your ways. We can't trust God with 95% of our lives. We can't pray about some things and try to figure out the rest. Your understanding will let you down. Your plans will fail, and you can't always see the way forward. We make our own paths crooked. When Paul says, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, we should note that our hearts and our minds need guarding. The danger is not uncertainty or trials or difficulty. 
These will come. Our paths may become crooked or difficult, but the only real danger is our hearts and our minds, which get twisted and confused and lead us astray. The danger is living with a heart that is not guarded in Christ. We miss out on so much joy, freedom, and peace when we do not trust every detail of our lives to the Lord and set our hearts on Christ. You can take a pill for anxiety, but Jesus promises everlasting joy. When I worked as the chef of a very big church in Los Angeles, I was surrounded by amazing pastors and seminary professors. These men had the best training and experience possible. They wrote books, articles, they spoke at conferences, and I had the privilege of making lunch for them and their students. And I learned a lot from being under such solid teaching. But I learned the most from my friend Armando. He was the church's painter. Armando would drink cappuccinos with me before we started our work days. He was always buying coffee for the other facilities guys, and he would always try to buy me coffee. The only way to get him back was to pay for his cappuccino the day before. I love talking to Armando. He was always full of joy and energy. He has kind eyes and the energy of a man half his age. He always wanted to know about my life and pray for me, and he poured out love and gratitude for Christ. Armando was a breath of fresh air. He always took my mind off whatever stressful day I had and gave me perspective. And one morning, he preached to me the best sermon I've ever heard. We were talking about this and that, and he says, But Jesus died for my sins, so what's the problem? He stopped and smiled. His eyes lit up with joy. And he said it again with every ounce of his being. Jesus died for my sin, so what's the problem? And he laughed. And I thought, wow. I want to live the gospel the way Armando lives it. And it's not that he has all the answers. He just knows he doesn't need all the answers. He doesn't have a perfect life either. He just knows he doesn't need a perfect life. That's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That's a man whose heart is guarded in Christ Jesus. I want that. I need that. We get it from our standing with Christ. We use it by praying. So what's the problem? There is no problem. I just need to pray. Prayer is one of those practices in the Christian faith that you know, sometimes we feel really good at, sometimes we feel really bad at. We feel like we give a lot of time to it sometimes. I feel like other times we give it no time. I liked how you talked about you know, the anxiety made the pressure that you felt in the past and how that's actually led you into prayer. Mm-hmm. And that's it's almost like the fuel to get to prayer. And I want to ask you about your prayer life a little bit, but I'm curious about just the the anxiety and like maybe the pressure that you felt before. Do you feel like for you, Andy, that when when something comes your way that's difficult out of your control, what is like your natural response to that? I mean I know that as Christians, we want to go to prayer first, sure. but like, I'm curious, before we can get to prayer, like, is your natural tendency to maybe like recluse, to hide? Mm-hmm. Do you try to maybe pursue something just fun instead of mm-hmm. going with the hardship? Do you um, go to like a vice? Like, what, what, what is it for you? You don't have to go, go super deep in detail, but like, what, where does your heart naturally go? Naturally, I just try to fix it. Okay, you're a fixer. Yeah, I'm like, okay, if something's wrong, we can fix this. 
And so it's like I get my journal out, like yeah. write down ideas and charts. Like if you look at my journal, it's like mostly like diagrams with like circles and arrows and points. <laughs> so if I do this, we do this, we do this, then everything will be fine. Yeah, your whole flow chart going yes. on. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. For you then, so being the guy who's a fixer, for yes. sure, I, and I can totally resonate with that. What has been, maybe for you, the connection between that natural desire to want to fix and then following God's word to submit your anxieties to prayer? What has helped bridge that gap from what you naturally do to what God's word kind of tells you to do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What, yeah. what has helped you through I, that? I think getting to a point where like I didn't have a way forward where Hmm. everything that I had fixed or thought was going well just didn't work for me. Hmm. And you're like, well, what do I do now? Then I think that's when you learn to pray. Um, And and then God answered those prayers, and Hmm. he gave me a way forward. And, um, you know, I followed a way forward without seeing the full end. And that was when, boom, I went back to Italy and just like, I'm going to go serve the church there. And he was faithful to like redeem that time. And I was worried that that was just going to be a lesson, another lesson in, oh, Andy, here you go. You sent yourself to Italy, uh, running ahead of the Lord again. But when I was there, I was like, I had a lot of time alone. I had to wait. I was like, oh no, this is going to be another bad adventure that I just dialed up for myself. But the Lord redeemed that time. And that taught me to trust. Wow. So for you, it's been more of an experience of maybe you knew God's word, you knew your natural desires, but you knew that, you know, when you got to the end of your problem solving skills and things still didn't work out, you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I got to kick this into overdrive. Maybe God's word is true. (laughs) And I do need to actually commit all my anxieties to him. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been the blessing of this season of COVID Hmm. Uh, is, look, we, you might have a plan, but you really, you can't stick it to a timeline now. Yeah. We have to trust. We have to wait. Hmm. Uh, we have to pray. Yeah. Uh, everything's uncertain for everybody. We're all in the same boat. Yeah, uh, totally. So, it, boom, it threw me back into and really inv- reinvigorated my prayer life a lot. So, how long have you been a Christian now for? Oh, eight years. Yeah. So, like, so now, eight years since you came to faith, what's it like for you now? Do you still, like, the nat- I know the natural reaction may be to just, like, let's get after it, let's mm-hmm. make the diagrams, let's oh, yeah. problem solve this, but do you feel like now at this point in your life, through your experiences, through knowing God's word, knowing Jesus more intimately, do you feel like now you more maybe quickly go to prayer? Do you feel like you still go through the process of, like, oh, I want to fix it, okay, now that that's not going to be what actually fixes it. I need to go to prayer. Do you feel you go more naturally to prayer now? I think, um, no, I think I have to like use it as a discipline. Yeah. I think it's something yeah. like, uh, it's kind of like taking a shower every day, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> to kind of keep from like stink it. building up. It's yeah. like, I have to kind of like get washed in prayer mm. every day and use that discipline to remind myself I need to pray, to pray, Basically, that I'll keep praying. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's good. Yeah. So for you, it's a daily rhythm. You're not just mm-hmm. like... Are, do you feel like you're kind of alongside of that daily rhythm of prayer that you're also, as the day is going on, that you are continually 
praying or do you kind of hold it all mostly for like just one particular chunk of the day? It's harder for me to pray continually. Yeah. For sure. For I think, sure. yeah, I do my daily devotions. I pray mm-hmm. in the morning and then oh, end to the world and then your day gets busy. Yeah. It's hard to get back there. Cool. Um, but yeah, but this season there's been much more like continual prayer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. With more quiet in your life. Yeah. Maybe this could be kind of the last question, but I'm just curious for, I'm thinking about people who are listening right now mm-hmm. who feel like they can't get any traction in prayer. Yeah. Um, maybe they have some anxieties. Maybe they have some fears. Maybe they feel like they've given themselves to some prayer before and that it hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. Maybe like God didn't like come through for them in the way they were hoping that God would come through with them. And uh, maybe life just looked a little bit different after they prayed. Do you feel like, do you have any encouragement to those people who are just listening and like, maybe they want to come closer to God mm-hmm. and maybe they've tried to do the prayer thing and they feel like, man, it just like hasn't, I don't know, hasn't delivered like the way I thought it was. And I don't yeah. know if I really want to keep praying. What would you say to someone who's kind of wrestling with that? Yeah. I, I mean, I think first encouragement, I think in one of Pastor Nate's uh, blog posts recently is like, prayer is is warfare and yeah, prayer is hard totally. and it's, he says it's still hard for him so i think you should take great encouragement that that you if you have the experience of prayer being hard at least you've had that experience like uh get in there and keep at it um that's a big thing um i mean pray with a system it's mm. not cheating to say okay every day at seven i'm gonna pray yeah right or to write down what you need to pray for mm-hmm. and keep writing it down keep a list um and yeah don't wait for some mystical experience to pray just just do it just get out there and pray thanks for being here today Come back next Tuesday for a new episode here of the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. Check the show notes for info about following and interacting with the young adult ministry throughout the week during Shelter in Place. We hope to see you soon.